you have to let yourself be fully unfettered. Like think as grand and as amazing. And, you know, some people might say as ridiculous as you can possibly go. You're listening to the Happy Doc Student Podcast, a podcast dedicated to providing clarity to the often mysterious doctoral process. Do you feel like you're losing your mind? Let me and my guests show you how to put more joy in your journey and graduate with your sanity, health, and relationships intact. Many of you are probably familiar with the term ABD, all but dissertation. And my next guest was ABD for almost a decade. Scott Burroughs obtained his PhD in psychology and brings over 25 years experience in higher education and social policy research. He has experience in various leadership roles, most recently as provost and chief academic officer. He has worked on over 20 publicly and privately funded research studies and managed millions of dollars in grant funding that resulted in over 50 publications and conference presentations. Dr. Burris has chaired and committed over 200 dissertations and doctoral projects and reviewed over 2,000 doctoral documents as a methodologist. Dr. Burris's current research focus is on student success and online doctoral programs. And what better person to come talk to us about how to get unstuck, especially if you're at the ABD stage. So welcome, Dr. Burris. Thank you. I'm glad to be here and look forward to our conversation. So let's start with your story. You started a traditional PhD program and something caused you to stop at some point. Yeah, so just a little bit of background. Um, so since childhood, I felt a calling or leaning towards doing work that I feel you know, contributes to elevating humanity. And, and for me, that meant going to graduate school and studying community-based psychology with the in, intent of informing how to um, advance practice and policy to advance social change. But during my doctoral program, I had an opportunity to become part of a community-based program evaluation and policy research firm that was a startup. So I sort of felt that I could immediately live out that work um, even though I hadn't finished my doctoral program. So this firm was, you know, grew rapidly and the demands of this work along with beginning a family resulted in me withdrawing from my doctoral program. And so while I succeeded in my career and did work that I enjoyed, there was always this nagging sense that I left something unfinished, but eventually I was able to complete my doctoral work. However, it was quite a journey to get there. As you said, it took a number of years for me to go back and complete. And what really held me back was a number of limiting beliefs that told me I couldn't do it. I couldn't complete my program. I was too busy. I wasn't smart enough, my family needed me, a whole number of reasons and um, again, limiting beliefs. So let me stop yeah. you there for just a second, Scott, because you and I both have actually done research on predictors of success. And we could sit here and talk about what the research shows and we'll probably do that in another episode. But today where I wanna really dig deep is talking to you about how you change those limiting beliefs. You've got four steps that you're gonna run our listeners through and give them a practical way 
to shift how they're thinking about their program or maybe going back and finishing their program so that if this is something that's nagging them too, that they just want to get this completed, you're going to help them do that. Happy to. I love this topic because um, I've seen this happen with so many people. Um, the really, you know, the person or the thing that holds them back the most from realizing their dreams is themselves. It's the program that we play. Um, and I mean, what I've learned is that small shifts in perspective allow you to pivot toward not only achieving your dreams, but also impacting those around you um, by, be, by, you know, again, living out your own truth. And what I found is that for me, many of these, you know, small pivots were, you know, changing the perspective of, I don't have enough time to realizing, you know, I can carve out a few hours um, to thinking I'm not smart enough to surrounding myself with people that I believe were smart that could mentor me and realize I can actually achieve this. So what's amazing is when you begin to make these small shifts, suddenly doors open for you and you begin to have these steps you know, towards achievement, which ultimately lead you to your goals. So yeah, I, I sort of think about achieving this in four steps. And so those four steps, which I'll summarize and then kind of talk about how you can go through each one, basically are this. The first is you need to identify what your limiting beliefs are and begin to write them down. The second is um, once you've written down your negative beliefs is to identify how those limiting beliefs are impacting your life. And then the third is begin to think about where you want your life to be. If it's in six months, a year, three years, five years, whatever you're projecting. And then the fourth is to begin to understand that a belief is neither fact or truth. It's something that is essentially something you've, you've contrived often outside of yourself and you have the power to overwrite that belief with a new one. So let's unpack that a little bit. Before we do that, let me interrupt you again, because I loved what you said when you said these were small pivots, right? Yeah. And it, then the opportunities started to come. So it's almost as if you make these small little changes and the universe responds in turn, right? So we're not asking people to completely change how they think overnight. And exactly. we're starting very simply with identify. So yeah. bring us through identify. So number one is to identify what your limiting beliefs are. And you know, it can take some time just to sort of like sit down Give yourself the, you know, the, the space you know, to journal, whatever that is, to begin to think about what is keeping me from doing what it is that I want to do. In this case, completing your doctoral program. So like I said, for me, it was things like, I don't have time. And like you say, I was managing huge you know, national uh, grants and traveling all over the country you know, raising small children, I just felt like there was not even a second in the, you know, left in the day. But then I started realizing there's things I'm doing that I really don't need to do. Like there's television programs that I'm watching that I cannot watch for a few months to, to do this instead. And suddenly I found, you know, I can't find 10 hours a week in my schedule. I do actually have time, but writing that down and again, thinking about, you know, I failed at this. And so therefore I'm not smart enough and realizing the things that I had achieved. But we'll talk about the shift more in a minute. The important thing is really to start to catalog 
what's holding you back? So again, for me, it was things like, I don't have time, I'm not smart enough, those type of beliefs. So then the second one was to write down the negative ways that these limiting beliefs were impacting my life. And for me, just because of the nature of the work that I was doing, a doctoral degree provides opportunities that not having it is in itself limiting because the reality is with the work that we do, a terminal degree is required. And so I was limited in what I could do. There was a ceiling. And so I knew that there were things I wanted to do, but I couldn't do. So I was constrained in terms of professional growth, financial opportunities, all sorts of those kinds of things, which I again started writing down. And then the third was I started thinking about what I wanted for my future. And I could see that there was something else that was out there for me. I couldn't quite articulate it aside from, I knew that there was some leadership potential that I had that, you know, if it meant, you know, being a principal investigator on a grant rather than being, you know, a project manager, whatever those things were, I knew that there was something more out there, that there was more opportunity that I needed to grab hold of, that I wasn't fully living out my purpose of what I needed to do, that the vision that I had for myself as a child, I hadn't quite fulfilled at, the, at that particular time. And so that's what I started to envision for my future. And so the fourth step was beginning to realize that where did these beliefs come from? Like, again, who says I didn't have time? I mean, I manufactured that constraint. And so once I began to actually look at my schedule and identify things that I could change with my schedule, that belief was a choice. It wasn't real. And so I could do a small shift of, okay, I'm gonna take out that television program. You know, maybe instead of you know, spending an hour cooking dinner, I'll do different recipes and spend 15 minutes. I mean, all sorts of things that I could begin to do these small shifts that suddenly accumulated to 10 hours, which made a huge difference over time. And then again, things like negative self-talk around, you know, I can't do this, I failed. I'm not smart enough. And then having people come around me and give me feedback that, no, look at what you have achieved and beginning to realize that this was something I could do. And I think the combination of envisioning what I wanted and beginning to believe that it was possible and visualizing myself feeling enormous pleasure, pride in having an empowering belief rather than a limiting belief, in a sense, fueled my ability to ultimately achieve my goal. So you have so much that you just shared that I want to dig a little deeper in. Let's start with, you kept bringing up this phrase, write it down. And I'm a huge believer in the power of the written word, being able to kind of use pen on or pencil on paper to tap into things that are in our mind that just don't come out when we're typing on a computer. So do you recommend that people actually maybe buy a journal or get out a piece of paper and go old school? I do. I mean, there's something about 
the connection between, like you say, a pen to your hand that connects to your heart, that connects to your soul, that I think is uniquely structural. That's different than how our body processes being on the keyboard and the computer. And so I definitely recommend that you do, there's something about what we have done for centuries that is meaningful. It's almost like it's this ancient wisdom that we seem to be falling away from in this technological age. I mean, you think about what, you go back even as far as let's say the Lascaux Caves in France, right? There was no typing. I mean, they had to create those paintings and stuff by using these guys. Um, and so I think it's something that we've been doing as far back as we can record. And you may be listening to this right now and kind of going through the checklist in your mind, but I'm going to challenge you. Get out a piece of paper, see what comes out when, we, when you do step one, identify. So let's just go through them one more time. Identify is going to be like all the excuses. I don't have the money. I don't have the time. I'm not smart enough. My family doesn't support this. Those right. types of things are step one, right? And then step two is understanding how those written down um, excuses or negative beliefs are negatively impacting how you are limiting your life or how it's negatively impacting your life. What's the connection between those beliefs and not achieving what you want? So kind of what will my life look like if I continue with these excuses? Kind of what will happen if I stay in this pattern, run this program? It's as if we've all been installed this software and kind of what you're suggesting is it's time for us to give, to maybe do an upgrade if what we wanna do is complete this degree or go back to school. And that happens with step three. That's the first step towards that is beginning to envision a new reality. And so once you begin, to, and you have to let yourself be fully unfettered, like think as grand and as amazing. And, you know, some people might say as ridiculous as you can possibly go. You know, if you think that this is going to give you, put you in a position where you can be president of a university or the CEO of your company, whatever it is, put it down, you know, go as far as you feel like you want to go for what you're envisioning for your, your future. For that step, I kind of envision you handing me a magic wand and saying, if you had a magic wand, what would you envision? And for some of our listeners, the doctorate, the, the terminal degree is a key that opens many doors and many opportunities. And for some, right. it's just maybe this deep desire to complete this dream that they have. You bet. I think mean, so many students that we work with, you know, oftentimes, they're the first person in their family to have earned a bachelor's degree, let alone a doctoral degree. And I think what we have found too is that when that happens, it has multi-generational effects. Again, like the, the choices that we make often have ripple effects to those around us. And simply just the achievement in and of itself is amazing. So you get to that last stage, that fourth stage, and what does that look like maybe in daily life? So I think, you know, what that is, is it's just continually replacing limiting beliefs with empowering beliefs. And again, writing those down. And sometimes, you know, you hear about people like maybe putting things on post-its, right? Where you say, you know, I, you know, 
I finished my doctoral degree on X day. You know, you know, you've, you know, you've re-enrolled, you know what your graduation date is, you put it on there. You, you look at it every day or, you know, you know, I am capable of doing, you know, advanced work in my field, you know, whatever those things are that give you the encouragement, give you the awareness that you are empowering yourself to do something, look at it, every, you know, write it down, look at it every day. Um, because again, that's the fuel that's going to get you to your goal. Well, you know, I love that phrase. A belief is just a thought you think a lot, right? And so a sticky note, it may sound silly, but I am a huge fan of chalk markers and my kids think I'm crazy, but I have little inspirational quotes or sayings or affirmations, whatever you want to call them on mirrors all over the house, because I look in a mirror when I'm passing one. And that's how I can be sure I'm thinking this thought. Yeah, but there used to be the show a couple of years ago called Being Mary Jane, and it was about this anchor woman and the way that she facilitated her success was she all over her house in Atlanta, you know, she worked kind of like for a pseudo like CNN type network. She had sticky notes everywhere from all sorts of different either like sources, let's say from Maya Angelou or from like, just like from herself. And it was just surrounding herself, but those empowering beliefs is what got her to the place that she was at. So maybe you're listening to this episode and if there's something pulling at your heart where you see something bigger for yourself in the future, then Dr. Burris and I encourage you to put that pen to paper, see where it leads you. If you had one uh, maybe inspirational quote, final words of wisdom for the doctoral students listening, what would you say? Wow. I mean, I have so many quotes and things I, I love, but I think one of the ones that constantly comes back to me is one that goes as far back um, to the 17th century, which is what is often attributed to Isaac Newton, which where he said, if I have seen further it is by standing on the shoulder of giants. And I think the point of that is we all have the ability to innovate, but that innovation comes from those that have come before us. And I think there's something to the importance of mentorship, of community. We're not in this alone. So find those people that are gonna support you. But ultimately, I think when you have people that have gone before you, it gives you the awareness that not only are you not alone, but you can't achieve it because others have achieved it before you. So that's my quote. I love that. And we'll have you back on another episode where we'll dig deeper into research. Great. I look forward to it. Thanks for listening. And I look forward to connecting with you on the next episode. But until then, I'd like to invite you to visit my website, expandyourhappy.com, where you can download a document I wrote called The Doctoral Journey, 12 Things You Need to Know That They Probably Won't Tell You. And when you download that article, you'll be invited to participate in a seven-day email adventure that will help you kickstart your happy doctoral journey. I'm looking forward to connecting with you there. And until the next episode, I'm sending you more joy for your journey. One more thing, just a quick reminder that the information, opinions, and recommendations presented in this podcast are for general information only. 